do a little bit of review from last week. Are you ready for this? The blessing. The blessing. You know, when I thought of the blessing, I was thinking so many different ways that that term is used, you know. And I thought about how we, a lot of times we, we call praying over the, the meal the blessing, having somebody give the blessing. And, you know, you hear people talk about, I, I can't remember how many times I've said hello to somebody and they say, I say, how are you doing? And they say, well, I'm blessed. So, okay, good. And, and I always wonder what that means for them. You know, is, did they get a good parking place? Because that's a blessing, right? I mean, did the clothes fit better? Does anybody have that going on when their closet, you got the, the fat clothes and the regular clothes? And you're thinking, I got into my regular clothes and I'm blessed today. A lot of times that's how we feel about it. We feel happy about what's happening in our life today. And the Beatitudes, I mean, those start off and say, blessed are the, and a direct translation of that from the Greek literally means happy are those who are. It's an interesting thing to think about. Blessing can mean so many things. And that's why I wanted to use that phrase because I wanted to use a phrase that was common and then use it in a, in a way that's in Scripture, but it's not a way we typically see it. The thing about the blessing is, and the blessing we're talking about starts here in Genesis chapter 12 and goes through the whole part of Scripture. <clears throat> the thing is, God is always blessing. He's always blessing us. And we don't even notice it most of the time. And as I talked about last week, it's kind of like maybe you remember this when you moved out and you were finally on your own. You remember that? And you had to go do a laundromat. You had to collect quarters. Anybody remember that? And then you had to actually get soap. And then I don't know about you, but I remember taking my clothes out the first time. And I thought, man, why are they all sticking together? And they don't smell anything like they did when my mom did them. So I remember calling her and she said, well, you probably didn't use conditioner. And I'm like, what is that? I had no idea what that was. She goes, well, you can buy those little dryer things and put them in the dryer. And I didn't even know. I mean, it's just those things. You go through life, and so many things your mom and dad take care of, and you just don't think about it. <clears throat> when I was in college, both in the, at the California State School I went to and Bible college, I was an RA. That's kind of like being a dorm mother in your floor. So you're kind of responsible for a group of guys, you know, usually 30 guys or so. And one of the things we'd be responsible for was making sure their rooms were not, you know, I mean, literally, this is no joke. One year, I had all these baseball players. So you know what a baseball player is going to do. They're going to go to practice. They come back. They take their cleats, and what do they do? They toss them in a corner. So this is honest-to-goodness truth. I remember doing a room inspection once, and I'm looking in the corner, and I'm like, that is grass growing in the corner of their room. I'm looking at it like, I mean, it's real grass. I mean, real grass like in your yard. It was about this tall. And I remember... I'm like, I, these guys, the guys weren't in the room at the time. <clears throat> and later when I was talking to them, they said, they said, yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, no, it's not funny. And they're like, yeah, we used to throw our shoes in that corner. And then all of a sudden we saw something green coming up. We're like, what is that? And then they started staring like, it's grass. And they thought it was awesome. So they started watering it in their room. <laughs> and I'm like, do you not understand this? You're renting this room. This is not your room. I remember too, these, that wasn't those guys. It was some other guys. I remember looking, and I'm not trying to be gross or anything, but the bathroom, I mean, it was, it didn't even smell bad, but it was like, you need to, no, it didn't. But you need to understand that the, the porcelain is not supposed to be that color. It's actually supposed to be white. And they're like, really? Like, well, we clean it. I'm like, you ain't cleaning it right, because that's not supposed to look like that. And they had never known that before. They said, well, we never had to clean the bathroom until we came here, and we didn't know what to do. And so, I mean, that's how it is. Your parents do these things, and you don't even think about it. It's just life. And God does that for us, and he showers us with blessings. And we talked about how his blessings are 
In a lot of ways, they're like those radio waves that are floating around every moment of every day. And you're just not tuned into the frequency. So, so we said that you may not be tuned into him in such a way as to hear him. <clears throat> then we talked about this, that you, what you need to do is find out what God is blessing and get involved with that. Because God actually has a plan and a purpose and a direction for the whole world. And he always has. You know, most of the time we're so, we're so, I'm just going to say it. We're so selfish that we think it's all about us. And what we do, don't we? We even go to the Bible, the Bible that was, that was a, it's a love letter from God to all of humanity. And we read ourselves into every page. Now, part of that's not wrong. I'm not criticizing all of that. But I want us to understand that, that <clears throat> really it's not just about us. He actually has a plan and a purpose. And if you align yourself with that plan and purpose in the world, you will be blessed. You will be blessed in ways you don't even notice or you don't even think was possible because all of a sudden you're on the plan he had. <clears throat> Man, I'm sorry, my voice sounds ridiculous. Here's the thing. As we read through some of these and we look at what it is, Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. The children of Israel were blessed to be a blessing. But somehow along the line, they started to think it was actually about them. And that they were blessed just because they were children of Abraham. And God kept trying to correct them on that and say, no, 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 no. I am blessing you, but I'm blessing you so that you can bless others. So as he does that, we need to remember that we are also blessed to be a blessing. That was his whole idea. And it's easy to forget. Not only do people forget, but churches forget. I heard this quote a few years ago, and it just struck me so strongly. It said that church is the only organization that doesn't exist for itself, for its own members, but it exists for those outside the community. Isn't that interesting? We don't exist for us. Now, I know how that work, that sounds because you're like, wait a minute. You just said a minute ago that I pay to help this place run. So what do I get out of it? Almost like it's a club membership or, or something like that. And there's, there are things and benefits you get, but the idea is this is supposed to be a rescue station for people who don't yet know what you know. A rescue station for people who haven't experienced what you have already experienced. It's supposed to be a rescue station for those who deeply, deeply need rescuing. So what we did is we looked at that in chapter 12 in, in Genesis, and then we skipped ahead after Jesus had already been here, the blessing. He himself was the blessing. And then, then uh, Peter and John are going into the temple, and this, this man gets healed. And then Peter sees his opportunity, and he preaches. And as he's preaching, he quotes that scripture. And he says, you are the children of those prophets. You are included in the covenant God's promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. And then God raised up his servant Jesus, and he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. And I got to thinking about that. It is God's plan and purpose, and we're supposed to get in line with that. But as I started thinking about it, I wondered sometimes, you and me, I mean, blessings. And I, I see other people getting blessed, and there's times where I, I see them getting blessed, and I'm, I'm so happy for them. And then there's times where I think through and I wonder, am I worthy of a blessing like that? I mean, how do you get in a place where God is going to bless you? I mean, 
I see people, and, and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm the only one, but when I look around, I know there's people more worthy of a blessing than me. Anybody else see that? I mean, as you look around, I know that some of you are, you're, you don't walk on water, I know that, but you are good people. You're doing it right. You're following Christ every step of the day. You wake up with him, go to sleep with him. You, you speak about him. You talk about him. He, he, he drips out of every, every pore of your body. Everything you say is a word from him. And I look at that and I think that's amazing. In fact, this cold thing is funny. I was, <clears throat> last night I was praying and I was saying, God, I can't preach like this. You know, and he said, why don't you ask me to heal you? I said, well, if you're going to heal somebody, could you heal? And I started listing some people that I want to see healed. And it's so funny. He said, he said, what did you write on that second page of your notes? Are you not worthy to be blessed? Man, I, I, just, I, I was sitting there thinking, well, hold on. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because we kind of get this idea that there's a hierarchy in who God's going to bless. And if that's the case, it's not blessing. That, that's self-contradictory. It's then not a blessing. It's you earned it. None of us can earn that. None of us earn a blessing. It's a blessing because it's something you didn't earn. You don't deserve. You don't get good enough. You aren't all that holy to get to a place where God blesses you. It doesn't work that way. But I feel like we do have that kind of an inferiority complex about that. And you know people like that. They feel like they don't deserve anything, let alone something from God. Or that other people are more deserving. So I'm going to have to get in line behind them. But that's not how it works. The fact is, God loves you. He loves you and he loves me. And, and you don't have to always be proving yourself to him. Because what he does is he accepts you and loves you just as you are. Just like a loving parent does. Now, I know we have standards and expectations for our kids. And that's biblical and that's important. But the fact is, at the end of the day, you love them because they're your kids. You love them because they're yours. And God is no different in that sense. He loves you no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. He knows you and he loves you and he created you as you are and loves you that way. Now, there's the converse of that. There are people who act like um, like they're always conceited. You know, those kind of people. They expect everything to be them because they're just better than everybody else. You know that person. Actually, there's probably somebody in here. Oh, well. You know that person, though, you're at Thanksgiving dinner coming up, and you're telling a story, and what do they do? They got a better story, right? Oh, yeah? Well, I know someone who walked on the moon. Whatever. Right? You start telling about your family, and they're like, well, my family's from Daniel Boone. Okay? <laughs> People do that, and they act like, like they, they always deserve it. Here's what I think. The fact is that nobody ever deserves it, ever. And the Bible is full of examples of that. And I mentioned the Jews earlier. For them, unfortunately, they kind of got confused. And they, they did start to think it was about ancestry of all things. So here's this story right here. John the Baptist is baptizing. And when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee the coming wrath. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe because we're descendants of Abraham. Look at this. This had to really shake them up. And that means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Oh, my goodness. That had to just slap them right in the face. Right in the face. 
They thought that just because who they were, they were good enough. You know what that kind of reminds me of, though? People who go to church all the time and think that does it. Like, it actually doesn't. Just because you're in the church doesn't mean you're living right. It's kind of like I heard somebody say once, just because you're in my garage doesn't make you my car. I heard somebody else say it this way. They said, God doesn't have grandchildren. He's only got children. You have a personal relationship, and that is personal. It has nothing to do with ancestry. I've heard this, too, that it, some people act like it's merit-based, and I mentioned this. I was alluding to it earlier, but it's almost as if I do enough good things, it outweighs all the bad things. You know what that is, right? That's not Christianity. You know what that is? That's actually, yeah, it's religion, all right? It's merit-based religion, which is karma. I looked at this. I just laughed out loud. Karma has no menu. You get served what you deserve. <laughs> Thank God karma's not real. Thank God we don't get what we deserve. When you stand at the throne and you tell him, God, I am sorry for the things I've done, he forgives you completely. 1 John 1, 9 says, if, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from, from most of our unrighteousness. All, 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 all. You don't get what you deserve. If you got what you deserve, none of us would be here. None of us would make it in because none of us deserve it. The sad thing about it is people take this idea and then they start blaming things on God. They start acting like, well, man, bad things are happening. I'm not getting blessed. God must be mad at me for something. I must have done something and he's catching up with me. I saw this cartoon. I thought it was funny too. They get the idea that, yeah, that what they're doing and God's up there like thumping on people because they weren't, they weren't good enough. They totally misunderstand the whole thing. They don't get grace and blessing at all. They don't realize that we serve a God who's loving no matter what you do. He loves you all the time. We get this idea that our good has to outweigh our bad. The fact is, none of us could be good enough. None of your good would ever outweigh the bad. The fact is, um, we, we, you know what we do sometimes with the scale too? We don't even put our good and bad. You know what we put in there is our intentions, our good intentions. And then we put on the other side our actions. And, and then we act like, well, I didn't mean it to go that way. Or I, I, wasn't, I, I didn't mean it to say it come out that way. Or I, I, I thought I was going to say this. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work that way. I thought things would be different. It's all those unintended consequences. Here's the thing about this. There are actually two ways to get to heaven. Have you heard this before? You could do everything perfect, right? Well, actually, you can't. But you could. If you did, yeah, you'd be in. It's either that or Jesus. And the fact is, that other way doesn't even work. So, so it's us and Jesus. It's always going to be us and Jesus. Uh, what I want to do is now jump into more blessing. We looked at some of that blessing, but there's even more blessing mentioned in the New Testament. And as we get to this, we're going to skip ahead another few years, about 15, 16 years. The Apostle Paul is now preaching and he's on his missionary journeys and the church is expanding and thousands and thousands of people are coming to Christ. You know, it started in Jerusalem. Now it's spreading all over, over Asia Minor and spreading into Greece and all these Christians are getting saved. And, but the problem is they didn't look like the Christians in Jerusalem. You know what I mean? They weren't Jewish. They didn't have all those Jewish habits and Jewish ways of doing things. And they looked a little different and acted a little different. And the problem was that the Jewish Christians looked around and they said, well, that's great and all these people are getting saved, but they need to act a little more Jewish. Of course, they didn't say it that way. You know why? Because they thought the blessing was attached again to their heritage, to the Jewishness. 
So they said, if you, if you eat the right things, God is going to love you more. Really? If you practice, if you, if you celebrate the right holy, holy days and holidays, then he's going to love you more. And then the big kicker, they need all be circumcised. And Paul, he's looking at him and he says, hold on. That is not it. And, and he argued with them. And ultimately, they ended up having a church council, the first church council listed in the scriptures in Acts 15. And, and James, uh, the brother of Jesus, is over the church at the time. And they decided against all that. But Paul is writing about it here in the book of Galatians. And he says, in the same way, <clears throat> Abraham believed God and count, God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Now that, to one of those Jews, I mean, really, he's like the first Jew. You know what I mean? He's the OG Jew. He's the guy. So every Jew reading this would have said, oh, wow. So I, they don't have to be Jewish. No. All they have to do is put their faith in God. So the blessing extends past even the heritage. Now, I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, that's silly. Who would ever require that kind of thing? Well, not you probably, but I've been in churches who do. Haven't you? Oh, I have. I've been in churches where I didn't look quite right or I didn't dress quite right. Or maybe somebody else walked in and they looked a little too worldly, at least by their definition. I think I've told you this story before. But when when I was in uh, new youth, new youth pastors young, we our church um, that I was working at my home church, we'd actually sold our building to another church, a lot more conservative, had a lot more rules than us. And we were building property, but there was a, a, a crossover time that we were using the church, they were using the church. So it was a Wednesday night after youth service, and I had forgot something. I actually left my guitar on the platform, and I thought, oh, I need to go get that because they're going to have church. And So, you know, I ran down there. It was probably 11 o'clock at night by the time I figured it out and got there. And I walked up, and one of the high school girls from their church is standing out front. She's like, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I forgot something inside. What are you doing here? She goes, oh, they're cleansing the temple. I said, what? Cleansing the temple? And, and uh, I didn't even know what that meant, to be honest with you. I didn't know what the temple was. And she says, yeah, they're cleansing the temple. And then I got to thinking, oh, no, did something break? I mean, we're just in the process of this sale, and they're occupying it. We're occupying it. I said, did something, did something break in there? She's like, no. Is something leaking? No. Nope. Well, what happened? She said, they're cleansing the temple from you. I'm like, me? What, what did I do? Did I spill something? And I'm still lost on this, you know. And she's like, no, they're cleansing it from you. And I said, me? And she goes, well, look at you. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought I had something on my feet or something on my shoes. And she said, you're wearing tennis shoes. You've got shorts on. You've got a short sleeve shirt. You've got long hair. You've got hair on your face. She goes, they need to cleanse it from you. And she's laughing about it, teasing me or whatever. Then I said, well, what's sad is they're going to have to start all over because I'm getting in my guitar. So I remember walking in there. And it's funny. I run in there and they're, and you should have seen them. They're like, ooh. You know, some of them are like, what are you doing here? I'm getting my guitar. Like, you can just see the look on their face. Oh, man. We got a lot of work ahead of us. Late night. But <clears throat> I know we would never be that way, though, right? There's never one thing where we would say, hmm, that person's got to clean that up before they come to Christ. See, the thing is, we kind of get that idea that there's certain things people need to do first, but that's not how it is in the gospel. He says he came to save sinners. He said, he said he, 
doc, the, the healthy don't need a doctor. He said he came and his heart was to reach those who are lost. And by definition, lost people don't look like saved people yet. And then as he, I heard this once, this fisherman thing, they said, we catch them and then he cleans them. I like that. He does the work and he changes them from the inside out. And he, he does all of those things that need to happen. And as he does it, it changes everything. Some people kind of got the idea that, that the holier they were, the more blessing they would get. So this is a little before that verse we just looked at. He said, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? See, some people thought that the blessing part went with just them, them obeying every detail. He said, of course not. It's because you believe. It's your faith that, that gets you that blessing. What he's doing is saying, everybody's welcome. So who is this blessing for? Again, in Galatians, he says, all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes, new clothes. There is no longer Jew or, or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So who's the blessing for? Everybody, right? Old and young. I mean, listed in here, you've got, you've got race, no race issues anymore. You've got socioeconomic issues, gender issues. It's open to everybody. The fact is, he loves everybody. There is nobody that's excluded from this. Nobody of any race, nobody at all. And then he goes on, he says, and, then, and now you who belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. He's not writing this to Jews. He's writing this to non-Jew. And basically all the Jews who would read it would say, what? I thought it was just, I thought we were special. Well, you are. You are special. The thing is, we're all special. He loves all of us like that. The, that specialness is now extended to everybody. So here's a funny thing about that verse. Did you catch the, the yous in there? I, I didn't point it out on purpose because I wanted to put you who because I thought that was funny. Okay. How many yous are there here? And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to who? Who's the you? Me? Just you? Us? We-ins? Yeah? <laughs> Do you think God's southern? He say, all y'all? The fact is, the who you is all of us. And here's the qualifier. You belong to this group. How? If, if you've accepted Christ. If you belong to Christ, you are now part of the you. You are included in this, and the who you is all of you. The you is, is not only you, but the you is that church in Texas we talked about, and the one right down the hill, and the one down the street, and the other one down, right? And, and the ones across the world, and every one of them are now the you. We are united in a way that goes beyond race, that goes beyond socioeconomics. It goes beyond, it goes beyond everything, beyond gender. We're all connected. There's a pattern here, and I know you see it, but I just wanted to put it in front of you again. So starting in Genesis 12, all the families on earth will be blessed by you. How many families? All by you. Then in the Genesis 18, 18, we haven't even looked at this yet, but I'm going to do it right now. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of earth will be blessed through him. 
It keeps going. And through your descendants, all the nations of earth will be blessed. All, all. There's a lot of alls, but that didn't sound as good as all who. Through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. And then the one we just looked at, all nations will be blessed through you. All. This has been God's plan forever. And we, here in the 21st century, 2017, it's easy to look back and criticize the Jews and say, how could they miss it? How could they not get it? It's all through the Bible. They didn't see it. But we do the same thing. We get to think it's all about us, and, and it's so great, and we got us four no more, shut the door. I'm good. I don't want to be bothered with people with problems. I don't want to be bothered with people who don't get it. And I don't want to have to ex- defend my faith and talk about what it all means and explain it. I just wish it was easier than that. I wish people got it, and I wish it wasn't so confusing. The bottom line is this. Everyone matters to God. Every single person, the difficult ones, the easy ones, the easygoing, the cantankerous, your boss, your coworker, those people in your class who you just wish shut up. You have people like that. You just are tired of hearing them talk. And what it is a lot of times is they so desperately need relationship, not only with you, but the God, you know, they just don't know how to ask for it because they ask for it in the wrong way over and over and over. You get annoyed, and the truth is they matter to God just as much as you, just as much as the holiest person you know. He loves them that much, and he died for them the same way. You know, the funny thing is so many times we, we, we make these, these kind of general statements about, you know, God loving different people, but then something happens, and we start to, in our, at least in our minds, we're like, hmm, but maybe not them. No, we would never say it that way. But every time there's an attack by a radical Muslim, what do you do? You know what you need to do? You need to pray that God would save their souls. He loves them. They are lost and they have bought into a lie that tells them that their God wants them to kill. And the fact is that the real true God loves them desperately. And I don't know how they're going to be reached outside of his love and the missionaries that we've sent. I really don't know how. I mean, short of that and a miracle, we need to keep praying. There are people who desperately need to know him. The fact is, the Great Commission. Jesus, at least in the book of Matthew, this is the last thing he said before he left the planet. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. There's that all again. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So it's all, again, you caught that right. Something we lose in the English translation. I mean, they try, but another way to say this would be, as you are going, make disciples. Because this sounds like a direct command, therefore go. And you should go. But actually in the Greek, it's assumed you're going to go. It's kind of different, different taste than that. Because a lot of times, you know, I sit there and I think, well, someone ought to go. Someone like Bob. Bob is a great talker. He's always smiling. He witnesses to people day in, day out. That's who he is. Bob ought to go. Right? Fact is, Jesus assumed you would all go. All y'all. All y'all would go. And as you're going, be sure to tell them about it. And go to where? Go to all nations. That's what he was wanting you to do. When I think of that, all nations, I think about the, uh, the true multi-ethnic church. You know, we don't always see because 
you know, we, we live and worship in certain communities, and, and I get all that. But this verse in the book of Revelation has always stand out to me because it, it literally talks about the all. It, John, John sees this and he says, after I saw, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and tribe. I like how he says it there because he doesn't just say nation. He goes right down even a little deeper and says tribe. He talks about the different ethnicities that are there around the throne. So often we fall into this trap of putting people in black, white, brown. God doesn't see us that way. He sees us as individuals who he created in his own image, no matter what. And he wants all of them, all people and language standing in front of the throne before the lamb. And they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. All of them side by side. That's who he's talking about. God always intended to draw people from every nation. Sadly, the Jews didn't get it. And, and thankfully, when Jesus came, he righted that wrong. And he sent his disciples out and he said, you fix that and go to all. He wanted that to happen. And then let me just, let me just bring this to a close here. The fact is, the greatest blessing you can ever experience and I know when I say that, you might be thinking of a lot of things, but the blessing I'm talking about is for you to have a relationship with the Son of God that changes everything about who you are, changes how you see yourself, changes what you value, changes what you think about day in, day out, frees you from the, from the bondage of, of the, the sins that so easily trap us and hold us down. And if you have not experienced that, we're going to give you a chance to experience that this morning. The second blessing is that you're blessed to be a blessing. Here, let me just spend a moment on this. So often we start to work on the wrong things. We get blessed and that's good. And then we get and start to enjoy in our blessing and we forget we're supposed to be blessed to be a blessing. And I know that sounds weird, but even in the church, sometimes we can get focused too much on good things, but aren't the main thing. We forget. There's still people who need to know the truth and we're happy and we're learning things and we're, we're, we're happy with who's here and, and that's all good, but that's not how God intended it. The, the fact is there's times where you can work on the wrong, wrong things. Let me give you a couple examples. Years ago, I had some students in, in Mexico and um, the pastor said, hey, we need a new outhouse. And so we filled in the old one. Wonderful job, recommended. Then we started on the new one, okay? And so... These boys got after it, and uh, they were done so fast. We thought, hey, you know what? Let's make a men's and women's. How nice would that be? They only have one. Let's make two. So after they climbed out of that hole, those boys put another one a few feet over to the left, and uh, we, we built it up, and we paid big, big money for us, putting in, you know, we put in nice toilets in there, not just a hole, and uh, we thought we were awesome. Right? Doesn't that sound awesome? Because you're American. and But that's not what he asked for. So the next year we went down there. And guess what? That one was being used. The other one was full of trash. And our boys are like, we worked hard on that. Well, how could they do that? Well, the fact is, we were working on the wrong thing. He didn't want that. He didn't ask for that. And we were there to serve him, and we didn't serve him. I think about this. Years ago, um, we had this guy come talk to our staff in San Diego. Anybody remember this airline? It's an old defunct airline, but it was headquartered in San Diego. They had that little smiley plane. And um, 
One of the vice presidents came to talk to our staff, and as he was talking to us, he said, he was trying to give us his point about working on the wrong things. He said, he says, what do you think we sell? Talking about PSA airlines. And we're like, flights? He said, nope. I'm like, yeah, you do. You're an airline. I said, well, well somebody else said, well, maybe you, you, you sell service, like good service. He said, nope. And we're all sitting there like, well, what's the answer? You never hate that when a teacher's doing that to you, and you're like, I don't know. Just say it. So he finally just says, he goes, we sell seats. We sell seats. The flights, the service, all of that is great, but people actually pay for the seat. So the more seats, and as we're looking at it, we're like, oh, my goodness. It's easy to work on the wrong thing. It's not always as obvious. Because the other things are important, but they're not as important as the main thing here's the thing you got to make his priority your priority now i don't want anybody to walk out of here and think pastor dennis said god only cares about one thing that's not true but the fact is he has priorities and his priority is seeing people experience the same blessing that you've experienced people be free that's what he wants he wants people to know him that's why he that's how he created us in the first place and that's why he sent his son is to restore that relationship to himself that is his priority the thing is i look at it like this he's kind of given us a job description it works like this you're blessed because you know him then you are a blessing and then get get this there's actually a bonus built in you get blessed again did, did you know that some of you've been thinking you're sitting here and like it's fine for bob to go tell people about christ but that just scares me i don't know what to say and i, I wouldn't even know how to start and, and people don't even know i'm a christian just kidding i'm sure they know I'm sure you're walking for Christ and everybody knows. But the fact is, some of you are sitting there thinking, it really should be Bob. He's better at it than me. But the fact is, Bob only knows certain people. And he only lives and works in a certain community. The fact is, there's people you know nobody else knows. There's people you run into day in, day out, only you run into. There's fact is that God wants to reach your people, the people you know and love, your family, your friends. The person you've struck up a relationship with at Quick Trip that you see every other day and they know your name and they know what you order and you have a relationship with them and you could say to them one day, hey, is there something I could pray for you about? I'm a Christian. I believe God answers prayer. You could say it like that. If that fits your personality, I don't know. You might invite them to something here at church. You say, hey, our church is doing a Christmas deal. We'd love for you to come. The kids are putting on a play. It's the most fun thing ever to watch kids up on stage acting out the Christmas story. There's a lot of ways for this to happen. But when you do that, you then get blessed again. I can't even tell you how exciting it is. You're blessed. You become a blessing. And then you actually get blessed again. It's like you win over and over and over and over. And it's, it's I mean, I don't know how to make it any better than that. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to shut your eyes for just a second. And as you shut your eyes, I'm going to just ask you a couple questions. The first thing I want to ask is, it, there may be somebody in this room, you've never even had that first blessing. You've heard us talk about it. Maybe your friend who brought you, or maybe you've been coming to church or been to a church, and you know that your life is not where it needs to be. And as I've been talking here today, maybe, it, maybe it's when I talked about how God made you for that relationship, and you're wondering what that would be like. Maybe as I was talking and I said that when he forgives, he forgives completely, and maybe you were thinking, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, I don't, but God does, and he loves you anyway. And he cares and he forgives completely. Nothing you've done is worse than, than something he could forgive. He forgives. So maybe there's somebody here who would say, 
you know what? If all that's true, then I would take a risk and I would trust him with my life. And if you are willing to do that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and then we will just pray for you to accept Christ as your Savior. Anybody here like that? You would raise your hand and say, I would like to trust him for the first time today. Anybody at all? You know what that means is you need to start bringing people who need to trust him, who need that blessing. But with your eyes still closed, let me ask you this. Some of you have been sitting here and you're thinking, a couple times you thought, I wonder if he's talking about me. No, he's not talking about me. He's talking about her. You probably thought that. Because I know as I'm preaching this, he's preaching to me. And there's times where I'm preaching this and he's saying, well, you still haven't talked to this person I told you to talk to. And you haven't done it yet. Why haven't you done it? It's weird to have these conversations with him while I'm trying to talk to you, but he does it to me all the time. And maybe you've been sitting there and you're thinking, God, I'm grateful for the blessing, and I realize I need to be a blessing. Anybody here like that? You realize, yes, I need to be a blessing. Would you just raise your hand? There's hands all over the place. Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray that God would not only let you be a blessing, and I'm praying that God would just keep blessing you, all week long, that you would just get blessed and blessed as you are a blessing. Let me just pray this over you. Father, I am grateful again for everything that you do. I'm grateful that you care about us in ways that go beyond our imagination. God, I'm grateful that you have things planned for us, planned for us that we can't even, even think about. God, I pray that as you help us enjoy that blessing, that you would then put in our mind people who we need to share that with, that you want to bless also, that you would help us to be that blessing every moment of this day and tomorrow and the next day. God, I pray that you give us the words to say, the opportunities. I pray you would open it up and just tap on the shoulder, drop a thought in the mind and just say, this is what Pastor Dennis was talking about now. Talk to him now. Bless him now. Pray for him now. Invite him to church now. And God, I pray that you would put that thought in each of our minds at just the right time. I give you the thanks and praise for that. In Jesus' name.